Welcome to the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network. You are about to listen to an episode of the Audio Signals Podcast with Marco Cipelli. In this new season, Audio Signals is repositioning its antennas, focusing not just on the stories, but on the storytellers. In our modern hybrid analog digital society, the art of storytelling has never been more vital or displayed such a diverse array of forms. Recognizing this, our conversations will spotlight the narrators, providing a unique exploration into the minds behind the narratives. From authors to podcasters, visual artists to songwriters, and everything in between, we will engage with all who contribute to this extraordinary tapestry of human experience. We are all made of stories, after all. Hello, everybody. This is Marco Cappelli on Audio Signals podcast, where very recently I repositioned the antennas trying to capture new sound and new stories. And today I'm excited because I capture a story that come from quite far away from uh, where we are right now. And uh, it's interesting because it's a it's an it's a play that is going to take place in New York, but is actually, if I understand, it happens in Paraguay. And the authors of this happen to be from Paraguay as well. One of them is here in the United States. The other is actually connecting with us from Asuncion in Paraguay. And for those that are watching, you can see I'm not alone. For those listening, I swear they're here and I'm going to have you hear the voices. We're going to start with Tayana, and then Marco is there, and so we're going to do a little round of introduction. Tayana, tell us about you. Well, um, before I, I, I say anything, I would like to say thank you for having us here. It's a pleasure to share with you about what we do and what we love, and we're very excited about this play. Well, my name is uh, Tayana Larisa, and I, I like to write stories. I have a novel, a few short stories, and always like to read and write and I've been putting on more time of doing what I love since I moved here and my kids got older and after my first novel uh, it was published in Paraguay and it was about our history I got to meet other authors and writers and that's how I met Marco Augusto and we've been in touch we work together in other short story collection books and we were in the same path. I mean, we like to tell stories. Um, we like to read as well. And that's how one day he proposed to me. He said, hey, you want to write a play? I, I I, have no experience whatsoever. So I told him, he's like, sure, you got it. So he guided me into this. And then I think we took over a, a year to write um, All Fox Justice, which is a play that we're very proud of. <laughs> To present and it was selected to be produced and, and be on a stage and we have a performance our first performance in november and we're as i said before we're excited we're proud and we want to share with everyone more about this story which is uh it happens half in the united states and then the other half in asuncion and he will tell you more about it so okay um, no we, we will definitely talk about that because that's exactly <laughs> the story we want to hear but before a little bit about marco and on Honestly, with all the podcasts I've done, this is the first time I have another Marco. So I try not to get confused with myself. <laughs> but no, honestly, let, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, hi, Marco. How are you? It's a pleasure to be here. 
And you can call me Augusto, you know, my friends call me Augusto. Diana still calls me Marco, I don't know why. We've been working about three, four years. I mean, we've known each other for four years, I guess. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ty. And she still, she still calls me Marco, but yeah, I'm Augusto Ferreira. I'm a writer based in Asuncion, Paraguay. I'm a novelist, short story writer. I'm a playwright. I'm also a scriptwriter, and I'm developmental editor. You know that one which appears in the movies that calls the author in the middle of the night and asks him, and asks him, why the hell did he wrote that in that part? And well, that's that. That's what I do, and I love it. I love to judge. I love to criticize and, and correct other authors to help them achieve their goals, as you as you said, and. More than talk about me, I, I would like to talk about how how we got to write a play when we just met, when we didn't even meet in person. No, I don't know. We haven't met in person yet with Diana. Have you come here to Asuncion, Diana, in the last years? I don't remember. Um, no, I didn't. And after the pandemic, I just, I had plans, but I never did it. So well, we're we, we didn't meet, uh, we didn't meet, and yet we wrote a play, and the play that somehow got selected for the New York Theater Festival, and for a Latin author, even for even more than that, for a Paraguayan author, to receive such an honor. I mean, we guess the the judges read the play, and they, they told us so, read the play and liked them, liked it. And say, well, you got selected, and it was just in May of this year, I guess, right? April, May of this year. We April, couldn't believe it. April, yeah, April and May. Yeah. And somehow we just had one week to make the decision of producing it or not, to risk it, everything, and because we had no experience, we know not, we knew nothing about the scene in the New York scene the the american scene for plays we just knew we wanted to get to broadway <laughs> but of course who doesn't and for a paraguayan group of, of artists to to aspire to that i mean i think it's a big thing and this is a step a big step of course and we were afraid we were terrified actually we are still terrified for everything that uh, that implies, but as a team, at least a team that started with Diana and I, I'm quite confident about what we're going to present to the New York scene. And of course, we want to take that play to uh, an American tour. And then- well, I, to, I hope to that's Madrid. happened. Oh, but that's oh. obviously something that we all hope. But I want to start with, before we get to, to talk about the plot of the play, the story, and, and why you decide to write this, I'm curious because when people think about writers, they think like, okay, you know, you, if you can write, you can write. You can write anything. You can write fiction. You can write uh, biographies. You can write an article as a journalist. But the truth is that and you can confirm or deny this, is that there is a big difference in the way you approach a story 
depending on what is the media that you're going to to display it, to show it to the public. One thing is if you read it, one thing is if you have to represent it. And I happen to have read script in my life and you really need to use your imagination. You're already watching the movie or you're already watching the stage. It's that hard? I mean, this is the first time, at least for you, Tayana, that you write a playwright. Is that that different than writing a book? It is. <laughs> Easier, it is. harder? What is it? Tell me. Um, I would say it would be a little bit harder in the sense that when you write a book, you want to tell, you want to show. And when you write a play, you need to put uh, your attention and make sure that the audience will get the dialogue. And I don't read, personally, I don't think I'm, I'm the best at dialogues. It, it's hard for me. I have to rewrite, erase, and then every time I read, I need to correct them again. And this is pretty much a lot of dialogue and a little description. In the book, you can do more descriptions and a little dialogue to support what you're telling to support your story, but that's that's the main difference. And so with, with a play, you need to really put attention and make sure you have a good dialogue going on that you can convey information and, and it makes part of the story at the same time. It's, it's different, it's cool. And thank God Augusto has some experience um, writing plays, directing play. And as I say, he's an editor too. So he, he really got me. He said, I got you and he got me. <laughs> I think somehow we... Yeah. Very good. And, and your background in terms of writing, I, I'm understanding you both wrote historical novel. So, yeah. and that's a genre on its own right there. So Yes, we, uh, we connected to that. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, there is, one would think there is a big difference on telling historical fiction and contemporary fiction, but whatever you're writing, implies a lot of investigation, a lot of background research, uh, world building. I mean, both of our, both our novels, um, Sin Laureles Sobre Sus Tumbas, which is Tayana's first novel, and El Paso de los Cuatrocientos, which is my first novel, are set in, in, in the Paraguay or 19th century. Uh, during the War of the Triple Alliance. By the way, you should all investigate that war. It's amazing. Yeah. It's full of intrigue, drama, uh, betrayal, uh, full destruction. It, it's amazing. Romance, it, it has everything. That uh, period of history of Paraguay, of Latin America, of the world is frequently overlooked, but it's incredible. It's full of amazing stories, by the way. Yeah. So, when for investigating to produce a work like that in a novel form, you have to investigate every little detail. You have to talk to historians. You have to fact check, proof check, proofread, because a little mistake can get you absolutely cancelled by historians. And yeah. when a historian says this work absolutely destroys history in everyone immediately goes against your book and forget because people like to forget that historical fiction is actually more fiction than history we take everything from fiction as it happened in real life very few people goes to wikipedia or a book afterwards and looks at the story and say oh well 
which yeah. character was real, which who wasn't, and what actually happened. No, we take it as fact, and and therefore we forget the purpose of fiction. Well, contemporary fiction is isn't actually that different from it, because to tell the story of a of DA agents of Paraguayan justice system of the FBI of of drug addiction uh, of PTSD, which affects our, some of our characters, of violence, uh, intrafamiliar violence. I don't know if you had uh, how that term in the States. Even when we were researching, we had the help of a veteran police officer. He was a police officer, Thai, or was an FBI agent? He's a police officer, but that's his career. He did it from 18 years old until he retired. He was um, around 60 when he retired, so all he did was that. Well, he's a detective right now, a private detective. He helped us in portraying correctly the character of, of Reginald Cooper, which is one of our main protagonists. And when he was reading this script, there was a specific word in it, which is femicide. Uh, in Spanish is feminicidio, which is the killing of a woman by her husband, by a figure of power in her in her own in her context, in her social context, in her family, etc. So when he read that word, he said, "What is femicide? That doesn't exist. It's homicide." So well. For Americans, that doesn't exist. But for the Latin American context, it is actually a common thing. So that common, so common, that uh, modific that uh, that it implied a modification to the penal system, to the to the law, you know, to include it, to give you a higher sentence. So yeah, every little detail, especially when you're talking about. Uh, country culture, so of his idiosyncrasy, I don't know if it's say the same in Spanish and English, Every things like that can actually affect the perception people has on an entire culture. So yeah, historical fiction or, or contemporary fiction are to be treated with the same respect, with the same caution, and that took us almost two years of writing and rewriting. Diana said to correct some things. Well, that's an, underst uh, an understatement because old folks' justice took until this point where it's almost ready to, to be premiered at the theater, took us eight, 18 rewrites. Wow. Wow. You know, I'm going to jump in because as, as an Italian that live in the United States and passionate about stories in general, um, just finished the biography of Disney, Walt Disney, just, just to tell about somebody that tells story all over the world and how you need to adapt dialogue, even the songs when you, when you do that and you prepare for one country, a culture and another. I mean, I understand feminicidio is in Italian as well, but I also understand okay. that sometimes I go to translate something and I don't have the Italian words sometimes that I am, it's the thing I think in English and probably Tayana, you do the same living here in the United States. And I feel like it's very complicated because you need to have the target 
in mind, your audience in mind when you write. And one thing is you say, I write for a Paraguayan South American public or an Italian or you know, even English and American, it's, it's quite a different culture even if you share the same language. So I feel like it makes things very complicated, but the question is, who did you have in mind as the audience? I mean, were you already thinking, well, this is going to go to Broadway, so we need to kind of adapt it for an American audience? Or were you like, um, no, this is a Paraguayan story, and this is how it needs to be? Does it make sense, Tayana, my question? It, it does make sense, but I think from the very beginning, we knew we wanted to tell a story that it can connect um, our culture, let's say, for uh, American and then the Paraguay culture too. Mm. And as long as we have characters from here and there and we can you know, intertwine it and come up with a story, and that's how it all started. And it was just fun. He would write something, and then I would write something. Then we talk about it. He would write something. Mm. It was a really fun project to do. But then we actually start uh, sharing with other people that we know. So they would tell us what can be fixed, and they shouldn't be this or that. And then we start every time we we will rewrite. We, we want it more. We want it to be... Um, we wanted to present at some place. And we actually tried before uh, this festival in another place. I don't remember very well. But we submitted a play to to another, I don't know, they were contests or I don't remember. But we were called from this festival. And then, but before that, let's go back a little bit. When we were, you were talking about who was the audience, we knew it, it would be for American audience and Paraguayan audience. So from there, we... And that's part of the story too, right? So give us a little snippet, a little trailer of what the story is. A little trailer. Well, Augusto's really good at trailer. Okay. Then Marco, <laughs> Augusto, okay. you, you tell so, us. A DEA special agent is found dead under mysterious circumstances in a Paraguayan hotel. To protect the victim's wife, a Paraguayan prosecutor about to retire, a veteran, will try to file the case as an overdose. But in doing so, the United States government sent a ruthless FBI agent called Reginald Cooper, Rex Cooper, who will search for the truth. Said in Asuncion, the play exposes the corruption of the Paraguayan justice system, which contrasts the American mentality of doing justice at all costs mm -hmm. through intelligent, intelligent dialogue, impossible conflicts and complex characters. This work, which was inspired by, uh, by what we knew about A Few Good Men and Lincoln Lawyer, presents the philosophical and legal dilemmas of a moral ambiguous case affected by the intrigues and dramas of a corrupt justice system at all levels. The question was, what will happen when an apparently honest detective decides to take on this system to bring justice. But we also wanted to know the perspective of the Paraguayan side, you know, because this is a story of two iron wheels who will pursue justice by their own means regarding their own philosophies. They want the one, the truth of the FBI and the truth of the Paraguayan prosecutor. Each one believes in justice and will strain the system uh, uh, to its limit to prove their point. The question is, who will win? In the midst of it, 
there's a widow, there's a, a pupil, an aspirant, a prosecutor. There is the lives of the families of the people who will be, who will get affected by this play that will affect the government, the Paraguayan, the United States government, the embassies. It, it affects every system from the, from just civilians to uh, ministers of justice. It actually affects everyone and it's inspired by real events. Of course, we can, uh, real events, real people, we somehow got to know or cases we got to investigate and we tried to tell the story the closest to down to earth as possible so wow, i'm impressed words, that's all foxes you even changed your tone of voice you just started acting the trailer as well so i, you was <laughs> I know tayana was right i almost want to put like a, a little music you know like when you watch <laughs> the, the the teaser on tv now that that sounds fantastic how does the the community behind you you can already start talking about this it's not just and i say just in air quotes for those listening uh writing a book where you know you put your thoughts on paper or on computer and then you let people imagination do the job which is not an easy task but even harder is when then you have to take actor do stage, do uh, costumes, do organize this entire thing. Um, so tell it, both of you, that experience, I feel like I wouldn't even know where to start, to be honest. Is it stressful? Is it exciting? Is it learning a new, a new uh, I don't know, a new job, a new profession? What's um, going on there, Tayana? It's a little bit of everything. We were talking about <laughs> it yesterday because we got to uh, have... It was yesterday we had a video call with one of the actors. I don't remember. It was yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Yes, yesterday. And at the end, we say we are learning so much because the, the thing is when you're part of the, uh, New York, uh, the New York Theater Festival, you need to come up with a production. They'll help you selling the tickets. They hold the dates for you. They give you the performance place, but you need to come up with all the production, like, like you said, actors, uh, custom design, directors, uh, assistants, producers, and everything in between. That's why we start our Indiegogo campaign a few weeks ago. And we got some help, but we need more help <laughs> so we can make it. But it's, um, it, it could be as stressful sometimes, but we take it as a learning experience. We said, oh, we appreciate we have the chance to to learn how to produce a play here. It's not every day that it happens. Since the very beginning, we were cool with it. We knew, we knew it's gonna be stressful, but we were okay. We said, we're gonna work hard. And I was telling him to um, how proud we are of our uh, team because everyone, director, actors, assistant, Caro, your wife, like everyone, put their heart on it and they believe in us. It's not just two crazy people from Paraguay that are trying to come up with this. It's a lot of people who is backing us up, backing this dream. And that's what keeps us going. It's stressful and everything, but we, we we're we focused. Like we, we want to do a, um, a percent of good play that to make everyone feel proud of us and our team as well. Right, because you're, you're representing your country, right? Marco, you're getting a, a good support from from the community there as well. I mean, is there is somehow like the government involved? With, do they have like culture department that are helping? What what's the story there? 
well, we are trying to get something as it is okay. right now. Yeah. As okay, it is come right on, now. guys. <laughs> all, all the investment, for example, comes from us, from Diana and I. Oh. We are executive producers in that regard. And what were you talking about, thinking about, for example, the costume design, the, the little details? One thing that, as an author, <laughs> he has to one has to finish the script and then, well, it's done. You know, the, your work is done and that's it. No, somehow in, in the modern world, an artist has to be integral, has to be able to do everything, to think about everything. And thank God the, the team Tayana talked about actually is, sat, is so professional, so... It has so much faith in their artistry, in their craft, that they have the, their ideas, they develop them, they take it to a level that actually the author, we, we can relax, and well, I mean, we can't relax actually, but we can dedicate ourselves in, to, for example, gather funds, to gather help, support for the from the community. And there, the director has, his own vision, he's incredible. He, we talked a lot, we shared a lot of information. He asks us what we think about this and that. We, we took part in the casting process. To, we, we gave our opinions. It's amazing. For one is the director, for one side is the director, Ronald Bonoblo, who's already working there with the actors. He's, he says essays right now with, the, with our producers, Rita Ortiz. Uh, they are both Paraguayan. From Madrid, España, Spain, is working Fatih Fernández Mercado. She's a director. She's an actress also. She's working at series right now, and she's managing our communication. Here in Asunción, I'm trying to gather funds, support, sponsorship, help from the, from the state, from the consulate, Paraguayan consulate in New York. Tayana there is working also to get sponsorship, to get help, to manage the agendas. We had talked to the Actors' Equity Association. We were in process as one of our actors uh, belongs to the SAG-AFTRA. So we are actually in conversations with them. We had to fill in a lot of paperwork. But now we can probably say we are, uh, how do they say, compliant producers of the ANA. AEA, the Actors' Equity Association. So now we somehow went to write from, from writers hoping to get a play producer to executive producers and producers in New York recognized by the by the guild, which is something we were never we were never expected to happen. And I don't know what it that actually implies uh, uh, for the future, but it sounds good. And that's great. It, <laughs> it sure does. And it, it opens door. And, you know, there's one thing I always bring up uh, about the, the overnight success is the most underrated and, and overrated phrase that you can hear. Like, you know, like a, an athlete or, or a singer or an actor is like, oh, it just, it just became who became overnight. And like, do you know how much they work to get where they are? training, practicing, you know, learning, all of that. So every step 
it's it's important and and i think that you guys are are doing something that for for many people would need again uh, a lot of support and i hope you you do get it so when when we finish this in a few minutes we're going to have a clear call to action for the indiegogo campaign <laughs> that they that people can help doing this but also to learn and because there there are honestly many many valuable um, artists writers and and in, in many form of art that's why i use the word art artist in, in many part of the world and yeah we all look at america and as the big sage but you can also do something small somewhere and then hopefully somebody notice it especially now with social media yeah so i hope the word goes around um, I do have a question though. When you write, and then you you say you mean with the actor, you you have to adjust. You write it eighteen times. You rewrite it. This thing, <laughs> so that's alone. It's a headache in my head. Uh, do you feel like you're changing the nature of what you wrote? Like it is upsetting to change? Because I know that I don't even like to change a comma to what I write. You know? <laughs> but, but so how much is, an Im you see it as an improvement or how much you see it as a, okay, I, I have to do it for, for the media. It's a different medium. I need to do that. Mm, I would say there are, times that you need to make sacrifices, but you need to um, think about how it's gonna end. How is it going to affect it? It's not easy just to erase something and rewrite, everything else will change. But there are some times that you, I don't mind erasing as long as um, I'm satisfied with the end. Hmm. And I know I have to cut an arm and a leg sometimes, <laughs> it hurts, <laughs> but I know. You will help the story. If, if, if it gets the story going and there's an end that at the end <laughs> I'm satisfied with, I'm okay with it. I, I'm willing to do sacrifices. And we did it. We did it with Augusto. We did it a few times. Even when when we when the director came in too, he suggested a few things and we we're still adjusting. And and now I think every time <laughs> after 18 times, we feel a little bit more comfortable with the changes because we know what we want. We have the vision, and we know it's going to be for the good of the play. So, no. I know it hurts, but you get over it. You right. should get over. When you, yeah, that's absolutely right. But when you get the distance of time in the midst of the writing process, you actually start feeling less. Uh, you start to separate the idea that your play, your work is a baby that you have to somehow nurture and let it grow. No, it's uh, imagine it as a sculpture with rough edges and um, lots of obtuse angles that you have to, to lime, I don't know, to limar, I would say in Spanish. Polish. Uh, to polish, yeah, thank you. To polish until it, it it stays something somehow attractive, uh, a beautiful piece, you know. And through that year and a half, two years of writing and rewriting, we act, there was one question we asked a lot uh, back and forth between us, and it was, do you remember 
what was the original intention behind this? Why we started this? Are you satisfied? Do you think we are still going the same direction? If we felt that the answer was no, then we will redirect it. And that was the path. Of course, as the first time we were working together, and I hope it's not the last time, we we even got into fights, you know? I mean, arguments, not, not sort of like, I don't want to know, I don't want to I mean, get out of my life or, or something like that, not on that level. But I am sad, you know, uh, things like that. I feel sad. <laughs> Why? Because that wasn't what I wanted for that character. And that was the worst part. Those, those were the worst moments. I don't know what would you have what do you have to say about it I not really I, I think with the time it became clear what we wanted for each character so it got easier in the beginning like he said when we were just building the story we were like nah he shouldn't have family no he shouldn't do this and there was a part that I remember very clearly that I was not okay with that ending of the scene But then he has to be patient. He was very patient and we talk and talk and talk. And at the end, I realized that was the best ending for that scene. It has to be that way in order to continue to keep the story going and to make sense and connect with everyone else at the end. Because if I did that, <laughs> everything is going to be, I want a, a, no, a total different ending to that scene. But then when we talk and we talk and then I sat with the idea a few days, It was the best thing we can do it because as people, more people came in as the actor, producer, director, assistants, everyone, everyone is okay with that part. Now, I mean, people won't even know, wouldn't even notice, but I remember, but I remember <laughs> and it's good. It's for the, for the good of the story. It works perfectly. Yeah. It, it's a good point. When you, when you do something, you want to be perfect and it's never done. I mean, for a true artist, even painters, they would just destroy their painting because they were not happy. Um, but you're a different person every day, and maybe you would change something every day. Maybe ha something happened in your life that makes you wanted to portray that character a little bit different from what it was, but you need to have somebody that says, you know what, this is good enough, and there is a lot of different way of do the right things. And you know, it, I, I think you guys, yeah, you being humble, about the whole process as a learning one, I think is very important. Um, I would like to finish this as we are at the 34th minutes of this conversation with a quick um, message from both of you to invite people not only to come and see the play, which is at the New York Theater Festival in November, which is coming up. So, you know, <laughs> you know make it happen. And, but you also need help with the with the campaign so if this can somehow go around um they will be fantastic because i think it, it everybody deserve a chance and you guys are working super hard for this and i'm sure uh people would enjoy it so uh take your time a few minutes each and make it count um yes invite everyone to come and see us You can support us even by going to Indiegogo and Old Fox Justice is the name of our campaign. We have um, donations. I mean, you can donate from $1 up to whatever amount you think you feel comfortable 
with. We have a video, we have more explanation information about uh, the play who or the character who is involved and we have the poster. We have a few very interest uh, perks. And as I said, you can even go to our campaign and Indiegogo or you can come and see us. We are very excited to meet you and see you. And if you saw this, tell us. <laughs> And hopefully we get to see everyone. We have, uh, I'll give you the dates, are November, Monday 13, uh, Friday 17, and Sunday 19. We have uh, three performances, but the premiere is on Monday. And we hope to see everyone there. We're very proud to, to bring something that I think is going to be very entertaining. And you're going to come out of it like, question yourself, a lot of questions. Which is a good thing. Yeah. Well, you can learn more about the play at the page, in the page of the New York Theater Festival. You can mm -hmm. learn more at our social networks. You can look at us, uh, look us up on Instagram at Cabala Teatro, Cabala Teatro, at Marco Gusto Ferre, which is- I'll account. have all this link in the notes. So for everybody listening, just look down, there'll be notes and links to both Tayana and Marco to get connected with them and to, of course, the, all the URL that you gave. So don't don't worry if you're missing a dot or a period or anything. <laughs> okay, thank you, Marco. So, okay, you, you can like look it up then, at the comments. So we expect, you, we expect to see you there. And I hope we hope you like the play we hope that you share and also on an off of Broadway show. Then we expect to go off Broadway with the same team, which is an amazing team full of professional artists capable of, I mean, the production here, you will, you can expect to see uh, all, in all Fox's justice is Broadway level, Hollywood level. You just have to see what Carol Chapin on custom design planned all the all the costume changes. I mean, it's amazing. Ronald von Noblock is a, the director. is also a composer, composer, a lighting technician. He has some ideas which are truly amazing, incredible. You really, I mean, you will be surprised. I I was telling you before the yeah and the cast. We have we have Tessie Harasti as a protagonist, Charles E. Williams. We have Mauricio Castillo. Michelle Serge, and who am I forgetting them? And Rebecca Alice, this, uh, that's our cast. They are amazing, amazing actors, all from New York. It's amazing cast, and we expect to go from there. I, mean, I was telling you, Marco, of Broadway, well, then to Broadway. And we also want to make an American tour. I don't know how, but we somehow managed to do it. And then we get to, we'll go to Hollywood with the story. But still, as we were talking before, we were as we were saying before, the medium is the message. We weren't saying explicitly, but we wrote the story for theater, and I'm telling you, it's an experience. It's not just a story you live, an experience, an adventure, <laughs> and we hope you you actually get to cry tears of joy, to experience the thrills. It's a noir thriller, old folks' justice. It's a noir thriller wrote for theater in a way you have never experienced before. Wow, I want to see it. All right. 
So yeah, good, good job, good job, fantastic job in describing this. Uh, I think it was a great story. We look into the backstage and the, the background of you two. And I think we understand that there is a lot of you and a lot of the things that you have done in the past before this that came and it's a constant growth. And I really, I'm a big fan of, of, of new things, of indie production when it comes to every kind of art, because we need to give it, you know, at least to give a, an opportunity. And, uh, you know, if then uh, you have some critique, then you can have it, but don't judge it before you actually watch it because everybody deserves uh, this. And, and uh, again, I'm excited. All Fox Justice, Tayana and Marco Augusto, thank you for coming on the show. And for everybody, uh, notes, connect with them, do what you can and stay tuned. Subscribe to Audio Signal Podcast and uh, we'll be back with more story and storytellers and, uh, and how they make it happen. I don't know, but they do. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Michael. Of course, Thank an you. honor. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Audio Signals with Marco Cipelli. If you learned something new and this conversation made you think, then add this show to your favorite podcast player, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and share the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to connect your brand to our conversations and our audience, visit itspmagazine.com to learn how to sponsor one or more of our shows. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey.